isn't the goal to end the quarterback controversy, build Max confidence back up, and reverse whatever backward trend we're seeing with him this year. Get him back on the track where he is developing and ascending like he was at the end of last year and how we felt about him going into the offseason. Thoughts on Mac Jones and his performance against the Jets here coming up? Is the quarterback controversy discussion really dead in New England? We'll get to that. But first and foremost, it's the Patriots Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as I am each week by Jordy McElroy, managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. Uh, it's always a fun week when the Patriots win, and it's even better when the Patriots beat the Jets. Am I right, Jordy? Like, we're going to start with the NFL trade deadline here, but I just want off the, off the jump. It's always a fun week when the Patriots beat the Jets. I'm in a good mood this week. Man, it's always a fun week to watch the Jets get beat, especially yeah, when they come in. Especially when they come in so confident, you yeah, know. Like, that was annoying. That was kind of the that was kind of the storyline entering the game, and like how the Jets they finally figured it out. You know, they're this five and two team, and they're finally going to show New England right. And then we go into we go into New York. We go into the, go into the New York Jets home stadium and. Nick Folk is the guy that kind of leads the Patriots to victory, a MVP. former Jet. Yes, MVP of the game. He got um, AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, much deserved. So, yeah, great week, man. I love it, yeah. And and, and that leads us right into NFL Trade Deadline Day, which was uh, so fun. I mean, it was hard to even prepare for the show, Jordy, because we had to wait until 4 p.m. to see if the Patriots would do anything. Uh, they didn't. For the second straight year, the Patriots stood pat. We'll be talking about it here right off the jump. Uh, the two best teams in the division, and sorry, Jets, I'm not talking about you because uh, you were exposed last week, sorry, by the Patriots, but the two best teams in the AFC East, the, the Bills and the Dolphins, they did make big moves during this like kind of crazy, crazy, crazy day. Uh, but the Patriots didn't, Jordy. Um, what's your leadoff take about that, right? Isaiah Wynn couldn't ship him away from picks, even though he's annoying us every single week, right? You, you got way too many mouths to feed at wide receiver, but guys like Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, they're still here. Uh, you know, we're still watching our inside linebackers, Mac Wilson, Juwan Bentley, Jelani Tavai, uh, just kind of lumber around out there. They're too slow. They get exposed left and right, but we couldn't add anyone to help them out. So how should fans feel about Belichick and, and company standing pat once again? So, I mean, I'm sure all Patriots fans are probably out there just biting their fingernails to the <laughs> quick, just, just, just waiting on Bill Belichick to do something, right? But, I mean, look, man, the Patriots, they're just, they're not in a position right now to just go all in and push chips to the table and 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 make those sort of splash moves. You know, I could ask you, who could the Patriots have realistically gone after that would have made them Super Bowl contenders? You uh, know, and that's yeah. Alvin Kamara. I mean, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that would, that would be nice, right? Him and Ramondre Stevenson back yes. there, but you kind of have, you know, that that type of skill set. Not realistic. Player, great not realistic. Yeah, <laughs> not not realistic. Um, and I actually have a fun, I guess, shameless plug here. I actually have a fun article up on Patriots Wire about um, three fantasy trades that the Patriots could have gone on. So, yeah, be sure to check that out. There's some fun some fun, some fun trade deadline talk there. But as far as this trade deadline, you know, I just – I really didn't expect him to be splashy here. I mean, yeah, Isaiah Wynn, he could have been moved definitely, you know, on an expiring contract, playing awful this year, unfortunately. But, you know, then you have to think the offensive line struggles and you have some depth concerns there. And if you're a team and you're trying to compete for you're trying to make the playoffs, you know, and the offensive line's already shaky, Isaiah Wynn might not be a guy you want to move. I mean, unless you get some great offer that comes through, but 
kind of after seeing after seeing his work this season, I doubt people were knocking down Bill Belichick's door to try to get Isaiah win, especially knowing that he'll be free in 2023. Then obviously Kendrick Bourne, you know, that contract still has another year on it. And he's coming at a at an insanely cheap cheap price, I believe it's less than seven million next year. So I mean that's a guy you probably want to hold on to, especially if you lose a Jacoby Myers in free agency. And then obviously Aguilar, you hold on to a guy like that for death reasons. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those situations where I felt like, I actually thought Bill Belichick did a great job. And it's not, and he did a great job by doing absolutely nothing, right? So <laughs> it's, you know, you, you compete now, save your picks and cap space to, you know, make moves in 2023. So, and I, I think, I think that was kind of the route that the Patriots were going. And, um, I think it's I think it's the smarter route. It's not the exciting route, obviously, not the sexy route, but it's definitely the smarter one. It's got to be good being Bill Belichick. You get praise for doing absolutely nothing, right, Jordy? You just do nothing and you get <laughs> praise. That's that's a good thing for Bill Belichick. I I, I actually kind I agree with you. I read your article on Patriots Wire, your commentary after the trade deadline passed, and I agree with you. The hard reality is that we're not the Dolphins, we're not the Bills, we're not the Chiefs, we're not the Eagles, we're not a team that's like going for the Super Bowl this year. We're just not, if we're being honest with ourselves. And and I think as you wrote, Jordy, we're not we're not even going to be winning the division. We're playing for a wild card spot here. We're 500 mm-hmm. and we're never going to catch the Bills. They're just yep. way better. And they, of course, they add uh, the, the Colts running back, the former Colts running back, Naheem Hines, uh, making the Colts a little bit worse for the Patriots this week. We'll be talking about that matchup here coming up a little bit. Thank you, Bills. <laughs> we appreciate that. But they add Naheem Hines, who just adds a little passing weapon out of the backfield for Josh Allen. Uh, the Dolphins add Bradley Chubb as a pass rusher, Ooh. so they they add another. They have big names everywhere: offensive line, defensive line, wide receiver. I mean, they just got they just got their rosters ridiculous. So, That's a scary not even, game. yeah, you're not even competing in the AFC East. You're trying to to hope to get you know a wild card spot and go play a road playoff game, and that's kind of where we're at. So, yeah, no, I agree with you, but still, as a fan, let's play the other side of it, right? The the angry fan. You look at you look at the <laughs> roster; it just it, it, it lacks star power. It, it would be nice to get somebody else in here who we could count on outside of Matthew Judon. I can't find another star name even on the roster. I think Ramadre Stevenson's a budding star, Jordy, but I don't. There's not a lot of star power on this on this roster. So if you could get a guy uh, to add a little bit of juice for the second half of the season, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Also, like, wouldn't flipping one of these like 25 wide receivers we have now? I know there's only <laughs> it's only like five or six. We can't count Matt Slater. It feels like there's 25 receivers. There's a lot of mouths to feed between Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and Nelson Aguilar. And you're also trying to implement Tyquan Thornton into a, the attack each week. And in his roles, it continues to grow. I mean, you got enough depth at wide receiver, Bill, I think, where one of these GMs, there's a bunch of GMs out there looking for receiver help. The Cowboys were looking for receiver help. Uh, some other teams that ended up not pulling the trigger, the Giants really need a receiver. The Bears did too, but they landed Chase Claypool from Pittsburgh. But, uh, Bourne, Aguilar, like Bourne has 11 catches this year. Aguilar has 50. You couldn't trade one of those guys, get a pick and open up more opportunities for Taekwon. So I think that's the the fan angle, right? That they would argue. It's like you, you could have done something. You could have added draft capital for 2023 and helped yourself out that way. Couldn't you? We won't, we won't know this, but obviously it takes two teams to trade. So, I mean, it's just, you, you have to wonder what he was being offered for the, for these guys, you know, yeah. is it, is it, is it, is it worth, you know, shipping these guys off, especially in a season where, you know, he, sh- 
still we're we're still trying to compete now a little bit. I mean, obviously we're not necessarily a Super Bowl team, but the Patriots are still a team that if they play their cards right and they they can get on a roll, start winning some games, they could be a surprise team and maybe maybe sneak in the back door here in the playoffs. I still think it's a long shot, but you still you know you never know. And it's kind of funny when you talk about the twenty. <laughs> you made the joke about the twenty five receivers so many because of them. it really does. Yeah, it really does seem like that, and it's almost like it's almost like Belichick just. He just threw as many darts as he could at the door at the at the board because he knew he kept missing the receivers and he's like yeah. one of these guys, one of these guys are going to be the one, right? One of these guys will be the one. But yeah, I mean, I would I would like to see the Patriots have bigger star power and maybe they're depending on some of their younger guys to to develop in the future. You know, I love what I'm seeing from Jack Jones. He's the guy that can continue to develop. You see how good he is now. Imagine what he's like next year. No doubt. You know, a guy like Kyle Duggar. Who's who's amazing? I, th- I think he can be an elite playmaker on the back end of that defense. So they kind of have guys coming. You know, Anthony Dennis is he's healthy. He's playing better football. Barmore, and Dietrich, Wa- yep. yeah, Barmore, Barmore is incredible. You know, and then obviously, you know, so, some of these guys are kind of they're 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 coming into their own. So there, it's a younger Patriots team. There's not a lot of quality star guys out there, you know, guys that are going to jump off on the TV or anything like that. Now, the receiver position, I, I am kind of concerned about that. I would like to see us, you know, the Patriots go after that that guy that can kind of take the top off the defense. And maybe that's Tyquan Thornton at some point. It, it's, it's still early. I, I'm not sure about him yet. Um, but, no, I hear you. I hear you. The exciting thing the, the exciting thing to do would be to, you know, load up and, and, and push all the chips in there on the table and, and come away with some of those big-name guys. But that's just – that's not this Patriots team. Um, you know, it's not like we have Brady over here playing quarterback and guys are willing to come over and play, you know, for the Patriots for a bologna sandwich <laughs> just to play with Tom Brady. You know, so things have changed a little bit. Belichick's going to have to start hitting on some guys and we got to hope that in 2023, you know, he can he can make some moves for the betterment of the, of the team. Now, bologna sandwich is not an approved uh, meal choice for Tom Brady. He would not let his teammates even touch a bologna sandwich, I don't think, Jordy. Yeah, <laughs> An avocado sandwich. Yeah, there I it is. That. There it is. Avocado <laughs> toast on sourdough bread, of course. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, I, you know, there's a couple of different analogies I think about, right? Like it's the, the uh, poker analogy. It's like you could push all your chips into the middle of the table if you're the Patriots, but you're bluffing. You know, you could do it, but you're you're bluffing. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna end up having the hand at the end. We just know it. It's not a Super Bowl team. Hopefully, we get there. We're still building it. It's a rebuild that we're in the middle of. And the other thing is, it's like I think of fantasy football. Like Bill Belichick's like the fantasy football owner who has all these receivers on his on his roster. Everyone's trying to make <laughs> trades with him, and he's like, "Nah, nah, I'm not trading you guys." Uh, but it's like, Bill, you can only start a couple of them a week, and it's like, "No, no, no, screw you guys. I'm not trading them." So yeah, the the wide receiver position is the one I keep coming back to. It's like. You couldn't have moved one of these guys, but Bill's a lot smarter than me, and the market is what I'm most interested in, right? The market was silly. Chase Claypool got traded for a second-round pick, Jordy, that could end up being in the top 45, 40 yep. picks. That's crazy. Chase Claypool's not that kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> Kadarius Tony, who's been a freaking, like, I don't know what's going on over there with the Giants, what was going on with him. He was like, injured and faking injuries and had all kinds of issues he goes for a third and a sixth so the market for some of these guys i mean people were asking for for huge compensation for guys like dj Moore, brandon cooks jerry judy so you you wonder what the market was uh for the patriots receivers i have no idea you know I, i i have no idea but i'm sure the phone rang for bill 
where does Born and Aguilar stack up with with those other names? And what was their what were their markets? You know, that's something that I've been thinking about. I have no idea. I really don't know how to answer that question. And I mean, and, and I honestly, I mean, with those guys, especially like, well, with the Tony, I mean, you you would you would wonder if if they would kind of fall in line with with him at least. I mean, yeah. But then again, he's a he's a younger guy. He's a younger guy too. So it's it's always hard to know. And I mean, I would I would think people were I would think that you know the Chiefs are spending more on potential and for the fact that they're kind of they're they're kind of desperate. You know, they they're still looking for that that explosive talent they can kind of develop for them. But I agree with you, you know, it was kind of, it was obviously an overpay in my opinion, but we'll see, you know, Tony goes out there and he lights it up. He's playing with Patty Mahomes. I mean, you're playing with a guy like that. It might take his career to the next level. So you never know. Well, um, I guess we'll see. He had two hamstring injuries with the giants. Couldn't even practice Jordy. And now all of a sudden he's passed his physical and is going to play this week. What? <laughs> and so yeah, Kadarius, Tony, that situation, but you got to blame the giants. I think. They set the market, you know, well before all the craziness on Tuesday. They set the market last week when they traded Tony for that, what was it, a comp pick at the end of the third round and a sixth. That's a lot for Kadarius Tony, who's caught two passes for zero yards this year. Uh, so that kind of set the market, and it probably made it too expensive for a lot of teams to want to give up a lot of draft capital for some of these receivers, and that's probably why the Patriots still have 25 receivers on their roster here as we go into Jets, uh, the Colts week. We'll be getting to that one, but we got to talk to the about the Jets and Zach Wilson and the Patriots uh, returning to form and whipping the Jets and getting back to 500. We'll do that here coming up next, but first, let's set our fantasy lineups. This is the typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. interesting. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number nine. Tennessee is one of the few sources for a viable streaming option in a week with six teams on bye. There just isn't a great pool to deal with here on most waiver wires. Tannehill sat last week with an ankle injury and illness, but he has a good chance to return this week. Kansas City offers the best matchup of the slate in week nine, and over the last five games, quarterbacks have averaged 27.5 fantasy points. That's 38.4% higher than the league average over that time. Every quarterback but Matt Ryan has gone into the 20-plus point territory against the Chiefs. And in the event rookie Malik Willis has to start, he's a risk-reward play here that could be in some lineups. Green Bay Packers running back A.J. Dillon at the Detroit Lions. No matter how many handles Dillon has seen since week one's 20.1-point fantasy teaser, the results just haven't been there. He hasn't made it back into double-digit PPR points in seven straight games, and he has not scored since week one. If there were ever a week in which Dillon warranted a lineup gamble, this opportunity is worth testing it out. Detroit has given up the third-most rushing yards and eighth-highest scoring frequency to the position in the last five weeks. Six teams being on their bye amplifies the worthiness of this dice roll. Drake London, Atlanta Falcons versus Los Angeles Chargers. This is another risky one. Five weeks in a row without a touchdown and no more than 7.5 PPR points has made London basically unplayable. The Chargers return from a bye week without their best cornerback who was lost for the year. The matchup is statistically low-volume TD-dependent in his profile. London has the best chance in several weeks of returning to the end zone, though he is a risky play based on limited counting stats and a run-heavy offense. Robert Tunyon, tight end, Green Bay Packers at Detroit Lions. We're going back to the well here one more time for this matchup. Five receptions a week ago resulted in just 35 yards and no scores, extending Tunyon's lack of touchdowns to four straight outings. He should snap that skid with a trip to Motown to rough up a defense that has given up a score to tight ends every five and a half catches over the last five weeks, and only the Raiders have been weaker at defending the position. Tunyon should be among the best streaming options of the week in which gamers will be scrambling for help. This has all of the hallmarks of a get-right game for the struggling Packers. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out the Huddle. 
sportsbookfantasyminute.com. That was your typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. So as we said to, to lead off the program, Jordy, it's a great week when the Patriots beat the Jets. Once again, they rattle Zach Wilson, right? Force him into all kinds of mistakes, make him look uh, like a rookie, even though he's in his second year and has seen Bill Belichick's defenses plenty now. Uh, the Pats go on the road, beat the Jets, get back to 500 at 4-4. Four and four, And now I think when you look back at it, you've won three of your last four against the Jets, Bears, Browns, and Lions, right? You've won three of those games. We probably thought, we would beat the Bears, but whatever. We've won three of those four. That's kind of what we were hoping for after that one and three start to the season when Mac Jones got hurt. We were kind of hoping for this scenario, right? We're back at four and four going up against a, a very winnable game against the, the Colts here coming up. So you, you got to like where the Patriots are at coming off this win over the Jets. I definitely like where they're at. And you know what? When someone asks me what my favorite horror franchise is from now on, I'm going to say Zach Wilson versus the New England Patriots defense. <laughs> it's so I love it. It's so fun to watch. Go on. It really is. You know, it's. I mean, it's for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. It's just something about Bill Belichick's defenses that just they give him all sorts of fits. Um, and there was a there was actually there was actually a stat that I had posted on Patriots Wire that had come up, and it's from. Um, from ESPN's Rich Zimani, and he was saying that he was saying that Zach Wilson was pressured 16 times, which is his most since week two of last season against the Patriots, which was his second career start. So it's just it's always against the Patriots. It's something about that Patriots defense that just gets him into trouble. But man, it was a it was a great game for the Patriots. You know, the defense they were they were all over. I mean, they were chasing him around. Now, obviously, he did make some plays. He was able to make some throws down the field, but none of that matters when you're when you're throwing three interceptions, right? And the Patriots are able to able to win the battle of field position, which is something that they, they completely fell flat on in that Monday night football debacle against the, against the Chicago Bears. But, you know, and then, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, you kind of see some progress. You see them moving the ball down the field a little bit. I would have liked to see them score more points. That game actually could have been could have been a little bit more lopsided in the Patriots' favor. I know we'll hear some Jets fans cry about the – the non-pick six or whatnot, but you know the Patriots—they left a lot of points on the on the field in that game, and you know, thankfully, Nick Folk, the hero, you know, he was able to kind of step up and kick some kick some big game-winning or kick some big game-winning field goals. Ultimately, sixteen of the twenty-two points came off of Nick Folk's leg. So yeah, I mean, it was a it was a great performance for the Patriots, an exciting win, you know, and. Now they're back on a winning track, and we're getting ready to play against the the Indianapolis Colts that have a ton of problems going on right now. So great win for the Patriots. Yeah, it it was good. And I want to talk about Mac Jones. Uh, He's been the lightning rod, and the big topic on Boston Sports Radio is that, you know, he's a little shaky in that first half, probably should have thrown a costly, potentially game-losing pick six at the end of the first half that could have changed everything, right, Jordy? I mean, we get it. He threw he threw the ball. He got fooled by the defense, or Jacoby ran the wrong, wrong route, or whatever. Something happened on that play. 
The Jets ran it back. It felt in the moment like, oh, no, here we go again. It's a quarterback controversy again. But then the flag was out. And it's like, oh, my God, that, what, what a moment that was. You do have to feel for the Jets a little bit, but then you laugh at them. You're like, you idiots. You hit the quarterback high. You got what you deserved. But I want to talk about what happened directly after that pick six, right? So after it was returned, uh, or, or sorry, after it was called back by the penalty, I meant Jordy. Mac Jones held his water, didn't lose his mind and spiral, which if I was in his shoes, I would have spiraled after that happened. I'd be like, oh no, I'm going to lose my job. <laughs> Bill's mad at me. But no, he held his water. He actually led the Patriots to four consecutive scoring drives after that. Now, as you said, most of these scoring drives ended up in multiples of three because Nick Folk was the hero here, uh, which is fine. Yeah, a lot of them were, were field goals. But he did, lead, he did finish that drive after you know that, that bad play that got called back by the penalty. He finishes off the field goal. The Patriots get the ball back to start the second half. They go down, score a touchdown. That was the fourth of one throw to Jacoby Myers. That was a great call by Patricia, I think, that opened up the second half. So you got the double score there and, and built yourself a little bit of a lead. You actually scored on five of the next six drives. So they only punted once out of the next six drives after that pick six was called back. So I look at it, and yes, again, Nick Folk, he kicked a lot of field goals in there. I, I understand that. And you're right, Jordy. If we just score a couple touchdowns instead of kicking threes every time, the score could have got out of hands. In the, but, you know, the Jets do have a good defense. you got to give them credit. They have a nasty pass rush. I mean, Mac had to battle in this game. He was sacked six times. I think in the end, though, Mac did his job. It was his first start since week three. You know, you got to remember, this was his first full game since that Ravens game back in week three. It was a long time ago. We're, talk, we're talking about week nine this week. We're, we're, we're well into the season here, and Mac hasn't played a lot of football. So he, it wasn't going to be perfect against this defense. The Jets are legit on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know if they're a legit at quarterback, but they're, not, they're, they're very good at defense. His first start since week three, he did enough to get the win. And I think the whole point of the season now, Jordy, yeah, okay, so we didn't throw our chips into the middle at the trade deadline. We're not trying to win a Super Bowl. Oh, we're trying to win a Super Bowl, but we're not going to be winning a Super Bowl <laughs> if we're being realistic. Isn't the goal to end the quarterback controversy, build Max confidence back up, and reverse whatever backward trend we're seeing with him this year? Get him back on the track where he is developing and ascending like he was at the end of last year and how we felt about him going into the offseason when Bailey Zappi was the furthest thing from anyone's mind, right? Uh, isn't the whole point now is getting Mac right and building his confidence back up. And I think this was a step in the right direction. Actually, I mean, I think, I think that was a perfect point. That, that's, exactly, that's exactly where the Patriots are right now. Um, you know, it's the Patriots, and I, you know, I hate to say this, but this season right here, you know, the Patriots are basically, basically they're writing the book on a hundred ways to ruin a young quarterback's progression. No you know, let's just, let's just, let's hope it stops here, rip that thing up, throw it in the fire, you know, and, and, and move on. But, you know, Max's situation is, it isn't ideal. And I know people want to point at the three touchdowns and seven interceptions. It hasn't, it hasn't looked great, but this is only a second season. You know, he's he's there, and there's been so much change. Like, and uh, yeah, Bailey Zappi kind of steps in here, and this is this is what he knows. You know, this is this is his first experience of of, of NFL football, and then you know, Mac obviously has he had Josh McDaniels in his ear, who's an incredible offensive coordinator, struggling right now as a head coach. Please ship him back, ship him back. Yeah, we'll take you, Josh. <laughs> Come on back. <laughs> You know, and it's and the Patriots are almost. It's like they were trying to figure it out on the fly with Matt Patricia, and 
this is a situation where I would have liked to see Bill, Bill Belichick go out and get like that offensive coordinator, even if he's even if he's not from you know Bill Belichick's system, which he he kind of likes to stick with his guys. It's this weird thing. Um, you know, I would have liked to see him going outside the box and bring a guy in that's knowledgeable of offenses, you know, that's been doing it for a while. I'm not saying Matt Patricia doesn't know what he's doing, but, you know, Matt Patricia doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> um, you know, it would have it been nice seeing him bring a guy in for Mac Jones' sake and not put so much on the, on the guy's shoulder in his second season, you know. He's still a developing quarterback, and that's something that can't get lost here. Uh, and as far as the game against the Jets, I'm with you. I thought Mac Jones had a good. I thought he had a had a really good game. I didn't, you know, obviously it wasn't a great game. You know, he he did he threw the he threw the would be pick six or whatnot that was called back. But like you said, obviously the Jets are going to Jets. This they is what they jet, do. Baby. I love it. Yeah, and you know, and then people. Look, look, man. Who, whoever talks about who talks about would have, could have, and should have in in football. I mean, we can we can break that down for every game. There's always a player where something could have happened or went the other way. Bad teams talk about stuff like that, and you know that's that's not going to start here with New England. So let's let's cut that out. You know, it, it was it was a play. It happened or whatever. The Jets did what they did. They got called back in the story. But you know, Mac Jones' his only interception in that game was was a tip ball. You know, it happens. That's not necessarily on him, especially when he's in the backfield getting freaking munched on by the no by the Jets' defense. Tons I mean, of pressure. They, Tons of pressure. Six sacks, like you said, hit eight times. I mean, the guy's just under tremendous fire and under heat there. And that was a big concern for me actually coming into that game because you saw the way the whole Bears situation ended. And, you know, you knew that Jets defense is no joke. You're like, yeah, I get there, the Jets or whatnot, but that defensive front is is nasty, man. Quentin Williams was in here blowing up Cole Strange. You know, Cole Strange got his welcome to the NFL moment this week. Yes, great Yeah, point. that week. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it was it was an incredible performance by that Jets defense. But, you know, f- to your point, for Mac Jones to go through everything he's gone through, man, all the struggles, the, you got the freaking fans booing you off the field. I mean, it would have been easy. It would have been easy to pull a Mark Sanchez and kind of fold out there. But, you know, he was, like you said, he held his water. He came out there. He stepped under center, you know. Some plays didn't go the way he hoped. He even threw an interception. But the guy was never rattled. And that's that's one thing that I do really like about Mac Jones. You know, he's he's it's on to the next play, on to the next play. He's not a guy that's that's going to get rattled. And if we can just kind of cut down on the interceptions, and if he can just if he can just get back to where he was last season, you know, you, you kind of see that in him. There's an opportunity there for growth. And, and and hopefully some progression here. And hopefully we see it this season, but things have been so rocky this season. I don't even know if this year is like a fair a, a fair, you know, ju- uh, fair judgment on like what type of a quarterback he'll be. You know, I think I think we'll know more throughout the season and into next season, hopefully. I mean, we'll see unless unless Bailey Zappy Mania catches us by surprise again. But yeah, great Good game for Mac Jones. I'm not going to say great game. Good bounce back performance for Mac Jones. You got the win. Go on to Indianapolis and and let's let's keep it moving forward. Let's stack them. Let's stack some wins here. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't help but thinking once the game got to halftime, Jordy, that thank God this game's in the Jet Stadium and not in Foxborough <laughs> because after that almost pick six, I I think the crowd would have been buzzing again and we would have heard Zappy Zappy again and we oh, would no. be back. I don't I don't I don't want to be in that world anymore. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, when Zappy came in against the Bears and led them to those scores, those quick scores, I got to admit, I was 
hopping off my couch, like I said last week, like a little, <laughs> like a little schoolboy again. Like I know it was exciting, but we don't want to live in that world. We don't want to live in a quarterback controversy where you're looking over your shoulder after every mistake. And I agree with you 100%. Mac, he he is he's been he's been impressive the way he's handled the whole thing. How could any human being not be affected by what went down Monday night against Chicago when the Pats were back home? You know, last week. Anyone would have been affected by that. I'm sure Mac was, but he, he was tough on the sideline. I thought he handled it well. He was good in the post game, and he kind of held his water in this game in that first half when the Jets were were making it tough. That defense is no was no joke at all. So I think now the question is, can you stack it? Can you keep it going against yeah. a really bad Colts team? If they go and lay an egg against this Colts team, Jordy, oh. we're not going to be happy. We're not going to be happy. Oh. We'll be up here ripping people next week. So we'll Bring see. Out the black suit. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, it'll be a funeral. It'll be a funeral. The season will be definitely over if you're falling back below 500, heading into the bye, losing to this team. That is basically waving the white flag. We'll get into that matchup in the spread right after this. This is the typical sportsbook minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan with the Bet Slipping Podcast. Be sure to check us out and our sportsbook for our Tipico Sportsbook out. Tipico is a fast and easy global sports betting leader and is now live in New Jersey and Colorado. Make your favorite sports more interesting, and new users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. You have to be 21 plus, and you can see the site for details. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That said, the game of the week is the Baltimore Ravens at the New Orleans Saints, and the way to play this game is the under 48.5. The Saints are coming into this game with the league's worst turnover margin, while the Ravens rank 22nd in plays per game. This should be a slow game with the Saints' strength in the run game, countering the Ravens' main weapon offensively, Lamar Jackson. Demario Davis is also the perfect linebacker to tame Jackson. And similarly, the Saints will be going against one of the best secondaries in the league and should struggle to move the ball quickly. Play the under 48 and a half. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, we're back. Week nine, the Patriots, five and a half point home favorites against these these Colts. Uh, odds courtesy of typical sportsbook, as always. The Patriots minus 250 on the money line, Jordy. Um, that's to beat a Colts team that comes into this game below 500. They have a former six-round pick in Sam Ellinger out of Texas, now at quarterback one. My brother, who lives out in Austin, all excited about okay. Sam Ellinger. He's like, oh, wait wait till you <laughs> see this kid. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying it, Sam Ellinger. <laughs> Never heard of you, pal. Um, they just traded their complimentary pass-catching running back there, Naheem Hines. And, you know, they had a good little one-two punch with uh, Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, right? Hines is now a Buffalo Bill. And they just fired their offensive coordinator. So they've benched Matt Ryan for this former six-round pick. They fired the offensive coordinator. They're trading away key pieces of the offense, Jordy. It just feels like the Colts are waving the white flag, right? It does feel like that. Meanwhile, the Patriots have won three of four. They're back in it. They're four and four. Have a chance to get to five and four here heading into the bye week. I mean, how are you feeling about this matchup right now? It feels to me like this is one the Patriots should definitely win by a touchdown or more at home. I mean, the the Patriots better win. <laughs> they better win at home. I mean, this is, you know, I don't want to be on here 
you know, you know, singing their praises early and, and doing the victory celebration here like we were before the Chicago Bears game. We did the same thing then, in you know, Chicago, yeah. We didn't give yeah. them a shot. Yeah, I, like, let's not let's not do that again. I mean, you look at this Colts team. I mean, that Colts offensive line has more holes than Camp Greenlake. <laughs> and then, obviously, you know, Matt, Matt Judon and Dietrich Wise, they should be feasting on Ellinger Time like leftover eat. candy corn. Time yeah, let's yeah. Yeah, it should be feasting on him like leftover candy corn from Halloween. Like this should be just—it's time to eat. They should definitely—they should be able to—they should be able to at least keep him on the move, keep him under pressure. You know, this is his second start in the NFL, so it's not an experienced guy. And Belichick—he does extremely well of you know confusing young quarterbacks and giving them different looks and giving them a lot to think about. So this—this this is a game where the Patriots should really kind of roll here. You know. Like like you said, there's a lot going on with the with the Colts right now. Defense isn't playing well. Obviously, you know they just fired their offensive coordinator. They're just they're struggling all around, you know. And but then again, you know the Patriots. This team is weird. You know they got Lamar Jackson by Justin Fields and the freaking Bears. So I mean it's I don't know, man. But I'm I'm still obviously I'm, I'm going with the Patriots. Um, you know I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna expect them to. To handle business like they should handle business at home, I'm actually taking the Patriots 24 to 14. Um, I think the offense will get to, uh, get rolling a little bit better than they did last week against the Jets. You know, Mac Jones, I feel like that was one of those types of games that you know he he really needed to have just to kind of build his confidence back up. You know, good bounce back performance against a solid defense. So to be going back at home. Um, obviously in front of that Gillette Stadium crowd. I'm hoping that this is the game right here where you, you really shut that Bailey Zappi noise down a little bit. No, you know, no offense to Bailey Zappi. He's a, he, he looks like a, a good up-and-coming quarterback. We'll, we'll we'll see with him. But right now, you know, this is Mac Jones's team. So this is a game where Mac needs to go, go home. He needs to handle business, not turn the ball over, take care of the football, you know, be smart. Um, and, yeah, the Patriots should roll in this one. Yeah, they get, better roll, Ryan. They better the, roll. Get the crowd cheering for you at, for a change, Mac. Go out there and play well against a bad Colts yeah. team. I mean, this Colts team. Mac, Mac, Yeah, Mac, like, Mac. yeah, we got to figure out a, a chant. Mackie, Mackie. You know, you need the two syllables. That's <laughs> the problem. It's the zappy chant. It's the, the two syllables, like Brady. Like, you need those two. It's a, Mac, you know, Jonesy. Jonesy. We need something. I don't know what it is. Mac yet. and cheese, man. Yeah. Mac and cheese. Cam gave it to us. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. There it is. There. Uh, but, and yeah, and, and I heard you mention the candy corn earlier. You, you know, um, you know the truffles, those lint truffle balls, the, those things. That, do you know what you know what I'm talking about there? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, my, I know what you're talking about. So my wife works for that company and we had only lint truffle balls in the, uh, we just had an assortment of those in the candy bucket for the kids on Halloween. We get a lot of trick-or-treaters in our neighborhood. And it was so funny watching the kids come up. They're looking. They're like, "Ooh!" Some of them didn't know what they were. Some of them didn't know what to do. They're like, "I, you know, where, where's my Snickers bars? Like, what is what is this?" Others were like, "Ooh, gourmet chocolate!" It was like awesome. So we're gonna be we're gonna be doing that uh, for for the rest of the time. I just wanted to share that with you for some reason, Jordy. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing you, the kids. I'm bringing the kids to your house. I was gonna say you're gonna get a gourmet oh, chocolate. Come I'll, on now. I, I could send it to Tennessee. Let me know. Like, like hey, we'll, I'll get the address. We'll do, let's make we, it happen. We can make that happen. There's like that dry ice. You can send the chocolate. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, man. Like there should be no no more scary Halloween like kind of things going on. We we can't drop this ball game. Max just needs to go out there, do his thing, get the crowd on his side. I mean, you're going up against a Colts team. They've scored more than 20 points once all year. So I like your prediction, 24-14. The over-under on this one on Tipico is 39. 
So you're right there with that number. So, I mean, 24-14, I'm definitely back in the Patriots at minus five and a half at home. I, I think they win this one by a touchdown plus, and it shouldn't be all that hard, Jordy. Uh, and like you said, if it is hard, we're going to be pissed, and we're going to be on here yeah. venting next week. And that's that's just all there is to it. Let's go out there and score it's some o- touchdowns. It's over. Yeah. If, they, if they lose this one, it's, it's, it's over. Like the, yeah. the whole playoff talk, like a, a, even a possibility, it's a wrap. Yeah, well, we, we got over the Bears game. That one was an anomaly. We're, we're trying to move on from that one. This one, I don't think you can move on from. Against Sam Ellinger in this Colts team. And, oh, God, <laughs> don't don't even get me started. So, hopefully, the Patriots go out and take care of business. If they play like they did last week, I think they'll be fine. And if they play like they did in all the other games besides Chicago, <laughs> they'll be fine. <laughs> so, we'll, so, we'll see what happens. Uh, but, again, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, for Jordy McElroy. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you're checking out Patriots Wire and subscribe to the podcast if you could. I listen to the podcast every week, Jordy, on Spotify. It's just a great little platform for me. Works for me. Could listen to the show on the on the go, raking leaves out front. I don't know. Do you get a lot of leaves in Tennessee? I don't know. I got the leaves falling. It's fall over here in New Hampshire. I'm raking my leaves. I'm listening to the Patriots Wire podcast on Spotify. I listen to us every week. I listen to it on the treadmill, like when go. I'm working out and stuff. Yeah, man, I, I go back and I play it back and I listen to it on the treadmill. So always a good time. Always a pleasure, my man. Yeah, for sure. Same here, uh, folks. Make sure you're subscribing. We appreciate you listening. We'll catch you next week when we're we better be talking about a Patriots win <laughs> over the freaking Colts. We'll talk to you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.